and welcome to the Dotball Cricket Podcast. Uh, this is our podcast discussing the latest news in South African cricket and also delving into the global game. Uh, although we have a massive test series coming up in South Africa uh, in less than a week's time now, India taking on the Proteas here in South Africa. Uh, so this podcast will really be focusing uh, on that. I'm delighted to have with us Andrew Sampson. So it must be test season because Andrew is with us, the doyen of uh, statisticians in the global game, and uh, also former Proteo all-rounder and uh, well-travelled and uh, very much up-to-date sport commentator, John Kent. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Ken. Hello. Hello. Test cricket at last. Absolutely. And uh, I think we can all be very grateful that uh, this test series is going ahead. Um, grateful that Graham Smith has got such a good relationship with uh, Saurav Ganguly. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, what an exciting test series lies in store. Absolutely, Ken. I think, uh, yeah, this is this is obviously, we're hoping for a few more tests. You always do in these big series, but three um, at, at, you know, the major centres, you'd say. Um, Pretoria, Joburg, Cape Town. Obviously, there's a bit of a change around with the tradition over the years with uh, who as the Boxing Day test, the New Year's test, or is it Newlands? Bit of a change around in that respect. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we, I think we've, uh, going on to the actual personnel and, and those sort of things, I think we've got, you know, one of the, one of the best pace bowling attacks in the world at the moment, and it's just been bolstered by Duane Olafir as well. Yeah, I, th- I think if we look at the two squads, the, the feature that stands out for me with the South Africa squad uh, is all the bowling options, all the fast bowling options. Uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm a little bit excited at the prospect of seeing Rabada, Nokia, Ulufia. Uh, I'm missing Gidi. someone, aren't I? Gidi. Well, I, I don't know if in Gidi, Ulufia. Uh, Rabada, Nokia, Ulufia. Um, that's a pretty fiery, fiery combination. Uh, Lungi and Gidi, I, I just worry that he really hasn't played much cricket for the last, for the last six months. Andrew, what what are your views on that? What what sort of bowling attack do you think the Proteas will be using? Well, I think certainly Rabada and Nokia will be in. Um, question of also, of course, whether they'll play a spinner or not, as they often don't in yeah. the high field. Um, so, and also the all-rounder, will they bring Mulder in as the all-rounder? So there's quite a few options there. Um, so, but whether they'll go for Lafier or Ngidi or both, it's also possible, I suppose, for fast bowlers. Um, it's, there are a lot of options, but uh, it's it's good to have all those options. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the prospect of bombing them at Centurion at, at Wanderers, where uh, pace and bounce is always a, a big factor for the Proteas, um, and the fast bowlers have traditionally done well there. But uh, there's also a test at Newlands, of course, and uh, John, I, I have a feeling that perhaps we may see the test debut of Marco Janssen, uh, the left arm quick, uh, and especially perhaps at Newlands. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's hard to yeah figure out how he's going to fit into that sort of pace battery. I think they need to have a lot of depth in that department, just from you know COVID reasons, injury reasons, things along those lines. But there is more variation, no doubt about it. With him him being there, his it's his first real inclusion in this in this group of of players. He's you know been touted, played an RPL already, things like that. So the selectors have included him in this occasion um, straight after that SAA tour. Um, but yeah, I think I think it might be a case of the the balancing out of you know we talk about those three fast bowlers that are 
you know, more than likely going to be involved. But do you go with Milda as your fourth, you know, fast bowler, creating that all-rounder? Kesha Maharaj not offering much of the bat um, these days, to be to be honest. But obviously, as a Newlands, you know, no doubt, uh, Wanderers quick and bouncy. You know, they have, India play well at the Wanderers as well. Um, but is it a case of just, you know, sticking with your three fast bowlers, uh, Milda as your fourth and play the spinner? That's probably a pretty decent balance in terms of the bowling attack. I, I don't know, but those four frontline bowlers, if you play in Gidi, Nokia, Olafia, Rabada, you know, that tail starts getting pretty lengthy. Um, and, and those uh, the Indian fast bowlers aren't as shabby as they used to be, to be honest. They've got a lot of depth in that department now. Um, and, and can offer a real threat to our batsmen. Yeah, well, I think that, that's one of the things I like about Marco Janssen is that he's a very capable uh, lower-order batsman as well. I, I think he could easily bat eight or nine uh, for the Proteas. You, you mentioned the, the India team's good record at the Wanderers. They, of course, won uh, the last time they played at the Wanderers. Um, that was the third test of the series in 2018, early 2018, the last time. India came to South Africa, and South Africa won that series 2-1, uh, winning the first two tests uh, in Cape Town and at Centurion. Uh, Andrew, I believe you have a bit of uh, detail on uh, India's record at the various grounds that they'll be playing on later this month. Well, yes. Um, still unbeaten at the Wanderers, uh, India, after five test matches there. The one two, the one you mentioned, plus the one in 2006. Um, so five tests, two wins, and three draws there. Whereas the other two grounds they're playing at, there's five tested so far at Newlands between the two countries. South Africa have won three with two draws, and South Africa have won both of the Centurion tests uh, against India. Um, so whether those unbeaten runs for both of those sides hold over the three tests is going to be interesting. Um, as you say, South Africa certainly got a chance at that uh, with the pace and bounce at the Wanderers and Centurion. Although, again, with the Indian side, I mean, as John's mentioned, they may be getting a little bit old. That, that trio, well, they're not the trio, the quartet of fast bowlers they've got over here in the squad. Um, but, you know, they're, they're highly effective. Certainly, the Indian team these days uh, is not like the old days when it was very much spin-based and you could generally beat them fairly easily on fast bouncy pitches in places like Australia and South Africa. Uh, they're much more competitive now there in that department. I also think I also think the uh, interesting phase that that Indian team is going through as well, especially in the white ball stuff and lesser extent the test stuff, but they, they seem to be rotating their team more than any other team in world cricket um, at the moment. So they'll be their fast bowlers, they'll be their batsmen. They, they've got a lot of players and a lot of, you know, covering all the departments, but they almost seem on a rotation where, you know, I know Rohit Sharma's missing out here. You look at Shikha Dawani misses out, then he comes back every now and again. Um, you know, Andrew talked about those experienced guys in the middle order have been very scarce in the run department of late, so they'll want to really step it up. But, you know, their, their squad seems like it guys sort of slot in and, and slot out of that, that squad quite a lot. And I suppose that's not always the easiest. I know it's, you know, these COVID and nothing's, you know, straightforward anymore. But that that, that can't be easy, sort of being shipped in and then you, you off you go and you've got to face up against a serious South African team in their own conditions. That can't be always so easy. Yeah, uh, you would think uh, a middle order, middle order of uh, Pujara, Kohli, Rahani, uh, in terms of reputation, that's a hell of a, a batting lineup. Um, but Andrew, I, I believe the uh, stats lately 
perhaps not doing justice to that reputation. No, they've all been very much off the, the pace of their career before that. So over the last two years, um, between the three of them, in the 17 tests India have played, they've got just one century, um, mm. having averaged Kohli in the 50s and Pujara Rahani well into the 40s. Prior to that, um, in the last two years, and uh, the, between them, averaged 26. Uh, Pajara's averaged 27.3, Kohli 26.04, and Rahani 24.39. He's the only one with 100 in that period. Uh, he got 100 in the Boxing Day Test at the MCG last year. Uh, as we know, Kohli hasn't got 100 in any international cricket for two years. So they're all they're, they're all either ripe for the picking or about to come <laughs> right at some point, <laughs> which which we wouldn't want it to be in the next three weeks. Yes, I, I so was going to say the, the pessimistic way of looking at it is that they are very much due. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it, it's interesting that um, that last time India were here in 2018, it it was a really hotly contested series. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, from a South African point of view, uh, since that series, we've lost Dale Stain, Vernon Philander, Mornay Morkin, A.B. de Villiers, Hasha Mamla, Fafdupi, uh, Lungi Nkidi played in that series. He made his debut in the second test at Centurion. Yep. Uh, six for 39 in the second innings as South Africa won the series. Yep. Um, but there have to be some doubts about his, his fitness and availability as well. Um, so, John, it, it's very much a new-look South African team. And uh, for my money, India have got to be favourites. Do you agree with that? I think um, I think with our bowling attack, you know, we, we will be slightly ahead, I would think, um, at this point before the series starts. I think the you talk about those names that have disappeared and, and, and guys have moved on, etc. I think the the more worrying side of our game is, our say, our top five. Uh, uh, you know who, who's going to get who's going to get a big hundred there. Um, Peterson's new to that position, like you say, two tests. Um, the other opener, Markham's just coming to form. Alga solid. You know, then you look into the middle order. There's Rassi van Edison, Bavuma. Um, you know, the likes of maybe even a Markham moving into their middle order. There, I've heard there's been a little bit of talk about that, but then um, there's clearly going to be quite a shuffle around of a new opening batsman or Peterson. At, uh, to open, we've seen a lot of guys who are middle order players over the years, the likes of uh, Mackenzie, Ashwell Prince, you know, a number of guys opening their batting when they're not really an opening batsman. They're a class player in the normal middle order roles, but they've been put into that that role and it and it had they've done pretty good jobs to be honest. In a, in a tough in a tough gig, um, you know, opening the batting in Test cricket is the hardest job in the world in world cricket probably. Um, but I'd say, you know, I'd say I'm backing our bowlers at this point um, to 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 get in early and and make some inroads. But I think the the more worrying part is um, obviously our batting lineup and can we can we get you know a big first inning score and and put the opposition under pressure? Because if we don't, um, we're going to be chasing the game. Yeah, and uh, you look at that Indian bowling attack, Jasper Bumrah uh, made his debut back in 2018 and did very well and and. Uh, is surely an even better bowler now um, as he comes back to South Africa. Umesh Yadav, Mohammed Shami, Mohammed Siraj, Ishan Sharma. So uh, India have a lot of pacemen as well to certainly put South Africa's batting lineup under pressure. But um, Andrew, surely Aidan Markram has done has done fairly well recently uh, opening the batting. Why would you want to change that? I mean, if you move Aidan Markram, you've basically got to make a couple of other changes as well. 
uh, just as surely you want the batting lineup to get settled. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I don't see any any point whatsoever in moving Markram. He's been doing very well. Um, he's come back. Obviously, he's had that fantastic first year where he got a thousand runs in his first season, uh, and then had a quite a big dip for a while. But uh, from the end of last season, he's been right back in form, averaging comfortably in the 40s in Test cricket from the 2020-21 season. Um, so I don't see any reason to move him. I, I, I would be um, a bit surprised if they actually did. But again, the whole South African lineup, there's no one in that lineup who's currently averaging 40 in Test cricket in the batting lineup. Uh, no. Dukok, Elgar, and Markram are all on 39, Van Dusen on 38. But it's um, you, you're always struggling to win Test matches if you haven't got batsmen who can average 40. Absolutely, Andrew. That's uh, quite a, a startling little statistic there. 40 obviously being the benchmark uh, at Test level. Um, I guess that does, John, bring us into the question of how deep we need the batting to go. Um, do we need to play a specialist or a rounder, someone like Vian Mulda, who uh, is the incumbent and did pretty well in the West Indies? Um, and also, I, I guess, looking at the bowling attack, I, I, I've mentioned the nice idea of having um, a four-pronged pace attack to really bomb uh, the Indian batsman. But... Um, do you feel it's necessary to have one seamer who can do kind of the holding role, a, a Vernon Philander type bowler, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think uh, I think Milder would do a really good job of that. He's got good skill levels. Um, he can adapt to different roles when when the ball is is doing a lot more. Um, he's also you know equally dangerous as as one of those new ball bowlers, uh, the big quicks, as as, as you mentioned. Um, but I think. Yeah, I think with the cock and and the likes of Milder in that middle order, you know, Bavuma seems to be that number five player, um, and I don't I don't see him moving his batting position at this point. And then it's a case of I suppose a uh, uh, Quinny de Cock at six, uh, Milder seven, um, you know, or, or, or other way around. I don't know who would prefer what there, but yeah, six and seven is probably going to be the two of them, um, followed by followed by all those bowlers. But I, I think Milder for me has always been. You know, in terms of like a Stokes, you know, he, he bats and he, and, he, and he bowls as well. But he, he's predominantly a, a batsman that bowls. And I think that would suit our the makeup of our team because we need those runs. There's no doubt about it. We need that, you know, five, six, seven, those batsmen to really contribute and get some big runs for us. Um, because of the new ball in South Africa, you can lose wickets early. It's, you know, it's happened for many years where it is tricky you know, with that new ball on, on our on our decks with extra movement and pace, bounce, etc. Um, and the likes of a Milder who hopefully will kick on in this position of of, of like a batting all rounder, especially in the test front. Obviously, he hasn't played as much in the white ball stuff, but he's he seems to be in and around the setup. Um, you know, in all the formats, but I think at the moment he's his predominant featuring uh, format for South Africa will be in these test matches. So I think he, I, I think they got they they will start with him. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think he did well in the West Indies. Um, it, it just makes the side look a bit more balanced uh, to have a rounder uh, at seven. Uh, Quinny, of course, is fantastic at six. Um, I'm pretty sure Andrew, the stats, uh, backed that up. Uh, one, of the, one of the things you mentioned was uh, how difficult batting in South Africa can be. And uh, one of the other features of that 2018 series was just how... Uh, tricky batting was and I have to be honest I really hope um, that the pitches are of a better standard than they were in that series um, because in that series in all three games it was a case of win the toss 
bat and win the game um, because pitches really became very up and down uh, towards the end end of those contests. I must say, Ken, though, like to be fair, like you, you remember those games you played in India as well, Andrew. Remember when it just seems Kohli seems to to win the toss there and and bat first and then it just absolutely does everything. It's like a dust bowl and and against us they have had the more extreme conditions. Do they know our bowling, our seam bowling, is so good that they that they just played three spinners and and ripped us out. So yeah, like you hope that there's good wicket as long as there's good pace, a bit of you know fair battle between bat and ball, not too one sided. We I think we'll have an excellent series. Yeah. I just hope that the inconsistent bounce um, mm. in the fourth isn't as bad as it was um, in that series. Um, you know, I think South Africa only had to chase 240 or something in that one test, the last one, um, and fell well short. Uh, you know, India obviously have the seam bowling attack take advantage of uh, conditions here as well. Uh, Andrew, anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it would be good if the pitches are better than that 2017-18 series. I mean, that Wanderers test was nearly called off because the pitch was actually dangerous, if you remember, um, which 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 we certainly wouldn't want to be seeing now. Um, and also, in terms of, I mean, India, the series that John was talking about was the 2015-16 series, where the pitches turned square and India clobbered South Africa. But on the most recent tour there in 2019, um, India made thousands and thousands of runs. The pitches weren't anywhere near as extreme as they were in 2015-16, so hopefully we will reciprocate by having pitches not as extreme uh, for India on this tour. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Uh, uh, I don't think we can complain too much about the pitches the last time uh, we were in India. But uh, yeah, Christmas coming up before the uh, start of this test series. John Kent, if you had a, a cricketing wish, what would you like to see under your, your cricketing Christmas tree this year? Oh, I wouldn't mind a, a lovely Boxing Day, a couple of gin and tonics. So you, is that okay? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever your desire is, John. <laughs> I think a lovely, a lovely Boxing Day around the pool, uh, watching a bit of Test cricket. Uh, you know, the skipper getting a, 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 another Test hundred. Our fast bowlers ripping through a few top order, especially Virat Kohli, knocking them over for nothing. Um, I can't see it going much better. <laughs> Andrew Sampson, what would your uh, cricketing Christmas wish be? Well, just to have some cricket would be a, a, a great thing for a start. I mean, this, this series was under threat with the whole Omicron outbreak and potentially still is. I mean, we still don't know, you know, if there might be an outbreak amongst the players on the tour that could also be called off. So it's all a bit fraught still at the moment. So just having some cricket in itself would be a novelty and actually getting to a ground. Some of us will be lucky enough to be there working at the ground. Um, although sitting around a pool isn't the worst idea as an, an alternative. But um, it would be good just having cricket, quite frankly. Well, there is that uh, swimming pool area at, uh, at Super Park. Um, there is, isn't there? Yeah, but I, I, I don't think they let, me, they let me off my post in the in the commentary box to go and have a have a quick dip. I'm afraid, and uh, we still also don't know what kind of crowds, if any, are going to be allowed as well. Well, uh, uh, I'm I'm hearing that uh, India don't want crowds, so yeah. it's, it's likely to be the case. But uh, Andrew, surely in this technological age, uh, I mean, you can sit at the pool and do your work, surely. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the laptop's that waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> and and nor, and nor would anyone want to see me in a swimming pool either. I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> You'd have to have uh, safe hands to. Uh... So, well, yes. Uh, much that it's a, a good idea in theory, uh, I don't think it's really that good in practice. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, uh, my Christmas wish is that uh, you can enjoy some really thrilling on-field action between two uh, very good teams. I think one team that's uh, building still, uh, and an Indian team, which which both John and Andrew have perhaps touched on, is maybe a little bit heading on the downward curve. But uh, look, I'm sure they're going to be extremely motivated uh, because, of course, they've never won a series in South Africa yet. Uh, they've done it in Australia. They've done it in England. Um, so it's a massive uh, landmark that they still need to tick off, isn't it? Tick off all three of those in one year is a good effort, yeah. Mm, indeed, indeed. They do have, they do have that opportunity. So uh, let's hope that uh, all the noise in South Africa is about wonderful on-field achievements uh, and nothing about off-field scandals and uh, dissension and bitterness. Uh, that would be a wonderful Christmas present, I think, for all of us cricket lovers. Andrew John, thanks uh, so much for your time. I hope you two have a, a wonderful Christmas and uh, I look forward to either seeing you at the games or catching up to chat to them later. And uh, to all our listeners of the Dotball Cricket Podcast, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you as well. Hope the cricket keeps you greatly entertained and uh, do remember to subscribe uh, if you would like to keep up to date with all our podcasts. We will be uh, covering the test series in detail of course. and uh, don't forget that you can also tweet us on at the dot ball cricket podcast at dot ball podcast I beg your pardon thanks very much for joining us Merry Christmas to you all and goodbye